Carlos Ghosn, It Ain't Over. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. It is December 11th, 2018. Carlos Ghosn was rearrested yesterday for an additional 22 days. Michael, it's going to be Christmas into the detention center for Carlos Ghosn. It looks like it's going to be a long time that he's not going to be seeing his family or anybody important. Uh, he's going to be in there uh, for as long, really, as the prosecutors want. They have been bleeding out throughout this process, a set of things that he could be arrested for. And they made a re-arrest this, just this Monday in order to extend his stay at the, as a guest of the Japanese government. You know, Michael, we have to go back to this because the press is just full of stories. And it, some of it is uh, almost a, a suggestion of fake news because we're only hearing one side of the story and it is almost as if it's prepackaged and it is designed to really just push him into, into oblivion. Well, they, they have a problem in that they don't have a cooperative defendant in either case, whether it's, you were talking about him or the co-defendant, Kelly. Uh, they have not acquiesced to any kind of crime that then the prosecutors can show magnanimity and let them go, uh -huh. and then they, they work out whatever it is. What will happen in, in, in that kind of uh, scenario is that uh, Mr. Gohan is tried, he is found guilty, uh, he's given a suspended sentence, uh, there is money that is restitution that is paid, and he is allowed to re return to society, but at a much lower level. Mm -hmm. that, that's part of the entire play that has to, to go forward, is that he, he can return, but never again at the chairmanship level of something like Nissan. Oh, I mean, the, the fall from grace, I mean, this is precipitous. I mean, he was at the top of the game. He was on the world platform, and now he is, by design, in the toilet. That's Well, he's in a very small room, let's put it that way. Right. Uh, the, uh, the point is, is that it's very hard to be sympathetic for, to a person who makes tens of millions of dollars per, per year. And both the press, particularly the Asahi Shinbun, uh, and the prosecutors know this. And right. also the executives who seem to have, I mean, I'm going to use a, a, a bold term, framed him uh, in terms of this deferred compensation mm -hmm. issue. Uh, they could have told him, no, this is not going to fly. Uh, they could have privately tried to rearrange the entire system. Uh, so that it, the, the compensation is up front, that it, there would not be some kind of legal problem. But instead, uh, the legal department went to the prosecutors rather than working it out internally. And mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the things that's being asked. Why wasn't this worked out internally? Why is it done, being done through the police? Well, they, this is, seems to have been what it was called on the first day, a palace coup. You know, it actually smells just like that. I mean, we have seen this before in other companies and other corporations inside chambers of commerce that this kind of, you know, grenade is kind of rolled under, under the bed and it causes a, a great explosion and, you know, follow the money. Who comes in afterwards? Who, how, how is the power redistributed after something like this? And you can pretty much almost always figure out where the culprits are. Well, the thing is here, the lieutenants inside... Nissan, who were the ones who went uh, with the, the evidence of wrongdoing, mm -hmm. depending on how, whether you define deferred payment as wrongdoing or not, uh, which the prosecutors are saying that it is, that it should be listed inside the financial statements. 
uh, whether the amount has been determined or not, it seems to be the, where the ball is being tossed right. back and forth. The, it's, you know, Gone supposedly was going to replace the president. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that has come out in the last few weeks. Uh, this, this question that whether he's going to be replaced, he, he was thinking about hitting Saikawa first and Saikawa preempted mm-hmm. him by going to the police. You know, what, you know, when did, when did each know about the other's plans? Is it, is it part of the, uh, the timeline that, mm-hmm. that is, that's interesting in terms of reconstructing what happened? Right. You know, what, you know, what were the, what were the red flags that each one of them saw? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you do at that point? Right. Well, mostly it's, it's speculation because we don't know. We only know one side of the story. And I can tell you this, that whenever Gon gets out of detention, uh, there will be fists of flying. Well, but the thing is about this, where we're trying to get with it is, okay, what is the implication for other non-Japanese CEOs? Because, mm-hmm. you, you, okay, by definition, when a foreign CEO is brought in, that person is expected to make changes. Right. And, cha- and no one is ever brought in from outside of Japan to be a lifer in right. a Japanese, co- to pretend to be a lifer in a Japanese corporation, right. to do it like everybody else. So by definition, it's that nail that sticks out issue. Right. You know, you're going to be someone doing something really different. Mm-hmm. Does the Carlos Ghosn story represent, show that anybody who comes in is going to be at, at danger of... Right being uh, knocked out, being hammered down. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen this before. You and I have, have lived here for a long time. We've helped hundreds of companies in situations like this. Not only are you not going to be a lifer, but you are almost immediately expendable. You're not part of the group. You're not part of the team. We try and make it feel like it, but you've come in for a specific oh, job. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make manga about you. Yes. We'll invite you to nice dinners. We'll say nice things about you. But whether that's going to be meaningful or not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going knew that part of it was just PR. He, he, he could probably look at the way people were treating him and could read them. Mm-hmm. But in, in this case, he clearly did not, d- did not get any kind of heads up regarding uh, police action, which just no. probably never entered his mind as one of the possibilities. That it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have entered my mind. I mean, the illegalities he's allegedly have, has committed are something that as a CEO, you would run through legal check. It's not something you would do on the fly. So he And it would have confident. to be okayed by the board. It would have to be done by something. Now, people have pointed out, there are scholars have pointed out that the management structure of Nissan, due to its having right. been saved by Gon, was grossly underdeveloped in terms of governance. Mm-hmm. That they didn't have many of the functions that modern international companies right. have. And that because it was a Japanese company and because it was saved from the outside, there was a double punch of, yeah. uh, uh, of a stripping away of the layers of protection that would have been normally there mm-hmm. uh, that would have prevented some kind of mm-hmm. power grab by Gon uh, and a counter power grab by Saikoa. We've seen this before. What happened at Olympus? The CEO, a foreign CEO, Michael Woodward, brought in, was there to kind of shake things up. And was there to fix things. To yeah. fix things. And it came to his attention that things were kind of not really being fixed. I mean, we're even seeing this now. One of the young lawyers has just had a press conference two weeks ago and said, you know, I'm working at Olympus. They're not doing it. And I'm holding a press conference. I mean, this is outrageous. Yeah. But the, when he said, OK, this is what the problem is. 
that the company that he was there to save didn't want to save itself. They was, turned on him. It was something that he had not e expected. Mm -hmm. uh, here, uh, Gon is being turned on by the very executives that he, he cultivated, that yes, he created, he that he, right. he, he made as his team. Uh, again, you know, it begs the question, uh, can an outside CEO function mm -hmm. uh, in the Japanese environment? And it's not unfair to ask that question, even though a lot of people are saying, oh no, this is special. Gon was ex especially greedy, mm -hmm. that he was, you know, he had gone too far. Right. Okay, so what's, what was far enough then? Mm -hmm. uh, if it was everything was okayed by the same people who then later turned him in. Right, well, there's, a, there's another dynamic going on here that it, it kind of affects other CEOs, foreign CEOs who are running companies here in Japan. Foreign companies come in, they set up a KK, a, 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 a subsidiary of their, their mother company. They pack it with sometimes uh, seasoned executives from the home office. They hire people, they get the business going, and usually there's a bit of a transition that goes on to get from the, the foreign executives to the local executives. Mm. Sometimes that's a 20-year process. But invariably, these um, foreign executives are now looking around their shoulders, seeing you know the teams that they've collected and you know, is, is my time coming abruptly too? No, and it's entirely fair to, to think about that now because the, one of the things that's demoralizing uh, in terms of, even for common yes. citizens here in Japan, is that, okay, the Keidanren can get basically whatever it wants from the LDP and Mr. Abe in terms of government regulation. We saw that in the overwhelming support for the immigration uh, chain, the immigration mm -hmm. bill that just passed. Despite the fact the opposition tried to stop everything, despite the fact the press was very critical of this bill, the Keidanren wanted it, they got it. Uh, when you look at, uh, so the LDP is basically a servant many times of big business. Uh, that, mm -hmm. and, and the powers that be, the establishment, if you want. Then that's that, and then you see Mr. Abe does a lot of favors for his friends as well. Okay, so they have a lot of influence. Do they also have to have influence over the judicial branch? Do they also be, can they also use the ju judicial branch as merely one of their servants? That's the only really, well, it's basically a constitutional mm -hmm. issue here that, you know, the prosecutors are ba were, have basically, because of the strange deal that they cut with the Nissan executives, become the servants of a palace coup yeah. within the <clears throat> Nissan Corporation. Will they learn from this, or mm. will they double down and say, no, we were right all along, this is fine, and we'll do it again? Yeah, I don't know. I have two views on that. The first is, let's talk about the public prosecutors just for a second. Okay. These guys are, I think, arguably the cream of the crop. Uh, they're, they're, they've been trained as legal um, graduates. They're the top graduates of the top product, <clears throat> program of the top university. Right. Okay, given. And, and they're in a very difficult, very uh, contentious um, environment. This, very visible, too. Very as, visible. As they're in the capital and they're the ones who put out the big cases. Right. They're criticized a lot, but they, they are soldiers for what they believe to be Japanese culture and, and, and government, right? So, yes, I think there is a suggestion that they have been overlorded or perhaps manipulated in this case, but I think they would take great umbrage at that. Well, the, of course, but the thing is they can't admit that they got played. Because no, then, no, they can't. They, they absolutely would. That would destroy their reputation. Mm -hmm. So they're going to play along, whether they're moral inside or not. Uh, the, the question is, is where does it go forward? Mm -hmm. Do we now say, okay, if we take a 
we, if we take the cynical view, which is actually the, 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 right. the, the, the positive view, which is they won't do it again. They realize they got, they got, they got involved in something that, that they didn't understand, that they were played by the Nissan executives, Maybe, yeah. and they won't do it again. That's, that view at least opens the, mm -hmm. get, keeps the door open for futures, the future will be different. Right. But if you take the opposite view, then the, the future is closed off, mm -hmm. and indeed everyone should worry. Right. My second view is that frequently this is how Japan practices foreign policy. It hits a company, uh, a violator of some sort of a law or regulation, and they do it in a very um, splashy way so that the signal is sent out to their foreign trading partners or internally in, in uh, companies they do a raid or something like that. And it is possible that this kind of deferred compensation, executive payment, because of the executive payment here in Japan, it's, it's just so strange compared to what's going on externally. A lot of executives get paid 50, 60, 70 times what the normal uh, regular line worker gets. And here that is really, that's, that's looked down upon. But the point is, is that one of the reasons why I think we, we don't like what's happened to Carlos Ghosn is because there's a suggestion that, look, if he's doing it, everybody's doing it. Why him, right? And it's a kind of a foreign prejudice, but maybe it's not a foreign prejudice, but it's them sending a signal to the rest of the economy, don't do it like this because this will happen to you too. Even if Carlos Ghosn can get hit, you can too, to kind of pour water on that. But the thing is, I've always been suspicious about uh, particularly the way that foreign institutions are treated. For example, in terms of uh, advice giving by uh, on, on to to uh, wealthy uh, wealth management, it's Citibank that gets hit or Deutsche Bank sure. that gets hit by the financial yeah. services its agency, and and then the rules are spread That's out right. for the Japanese yeah. banks to follow. It's it's been a, a recurring pattern, That's and it. if you're yeah. a, if you're a foreign, whether you're a, the foreign head of a Japanese corporation or a foreign business. Mm -hmm. the, the chance that you will be made the example for everybody else is not insignificant. And how, would you, how do you protect yourself at that point? Well, you know, actually, when I was the general counsel at Apple Computer in 1995, the same situation came up. This was a long time ago. Apple had just entered the market. Apple, Dell, Compaq, there were a couple of foreign computer makers who were, who were entering the market. NEC owned the computer market. And Apple knew that the hammer was going to come down. It was going to come down on one of the foreign competitors. And the instructions I got from John Scully directly was, make sure when that hammer comes down, it doesn't hit Apple. So yes, there was a strategic and, and uh, sequential place of, of, of resources so that when the, the hammer came down, we were the least likely to get hit. But yes, everybody's a, a free market there because... Um, the foreigners are the ones that are the easily, most easily expendable. To put it very bluntly, foreigners don't vote. Mm -hmm. Foreigners can't give to you in, in terms of political donations. You hit the foreigner, you yep. hit, get him, you make the point, right. and you preserve your voters and you preserve the people who can give you money. It's that simple in my view. You know, uh, what you say is, is really carries a lot of weight. We see this not only in terminations of foreigners working in, in Japanese companies and foreign companies. We see it happening to people who, whose spouse has kidnapped their child. It happens a lot to Japanese people too, but it happens somehow disproportionately to foreigners. They're married to a Japanese spouse. The Japanese spouse kidnaps or takes the, the kids and that's a done deal. 
It's something that that you have to pay attention to if you're going to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the thing is, with this new immigration bill, with all the, the business that's being created, and with the fact that Japan is open in terms of okay. immigrants, in terms of the fact that there are fewer and fewer Japanese per year, this gone story is not right. going away. Right. Japan's a lovely place to live. There are lots of ins and outs, things that you love about it, things that you don't. Please stay tuned. Three hundred and fifty episodes over the last three and a half years. We've almost got three thousand subscribers. Wow! On behalf of my team, my guests, all of the people that have supported us in the background, people you don't see behind the camera, I can't thank you enough for all of the support that you've given us, the likes, the comments, the shares, the everything that you've done to encourage and support us. This is our last episode for 2018. We're going to be rolling into 2019, and I cannot wait to show you guys what we have prepared. New content, new guests, new episodes. Thank you again, and stay tuned. Thank you again, and stay tuned. Please stay tuned. Please continue to stay tuned. Keep those likes coming. Happy holidays.